I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to the Unashamed podcast. I'm still down here at the Southern Lair, and uh, we got Zach. Uh, we found him. He's he's like a wayward son that we sometimes <laughs> I made, <laughs> we I made it. <laughs> we we sometimes find him wandering in the woods. Uh, I, I really hate it, Zach, because because we told in the last podcast that we're recording on a Sunday, which we rarely do because we have a major weather event. Yeah, Jace has some travel he may or may not get to do uh, this week because of the weather. But I, I hate that you weren't able to be here because in the podcast we we're talking about the dad's book. Um, uh, yeah, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. And we got into talking about your mom and dad and sort of the history of Gordon Dasher. So oh. I, I'm going to have to make sure Gordon listens oh. to the podcast because it, it was, it was, it was very good. It, 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 it did well because we talked yeah. about how much we love it, but it was interesting talking about his initial foray into the Robertson world and what that entailed. And so I would have loved to have had your insight into that. Yeah, he's, he's different. That's for sure. We, uh, well, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, did, I didn't make, we, we had a, uh, I don't know what to call it. I mean, emergency, a catastrophe, a an invasion. I mean, it it the, the Dasher house just for I mean, for 2 days it's been all hands on deck and so um immediately after church, which is when y'all recorded, I I had to go get supplies because we we've been invaded our house has and I had to go I had to go to Home Depot to get some supplies, but we're sitting me and Jill about three, two nights ago, we're sitting there watching a uh, TV show. And I look up in my, I can see it in my peripheral vision, just a a mass, like a, a shadow that just, just skirts across the, the, the top of the wall above the curtains, above the, the, the blinds. And I look up and I'm thinking it's, was that a huge rat? I mean, I have no, we our, your home. You've been to it. I mean, it's built. It's 18, old. Yeah. It's built in 1897. So we're, I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure we got critters, but I mean, this thing was, this was different and I knew it was different. And so I, I, I turned the lights on and I see a flying squirrel. Uh, you guys know what that is? Have a you bat? ever seen one of these? Was it a bat or a flying squirrel? Well, I thought, I thought a bat, uh, it was my second guess, but then, but then I, I saw the bushy tail and I, and I, I is that a squirrel? But then, then I see him poke its head out, and I, I didn't identify as a flying squirrel immediately. But so our curtains or our little blinds, he he goes in the center of it, and I just get a broom, and I've got him in there, and Jill goes to get Max out of bed, and so Max comes down, and then we got this whole scene. Of course, you know what Jill does? Screams. No, she grabs a phone. So she's gonna she, film it. Like, she's gonna film it. So she's filming the like. Can we? And I'm trying to tell Max, you know, you like you got to be careful here. These and I'm trying to ex- instruct him what to do, but he's overzealous, and he thinks he's gonna get this squirrel. But like, these things are lightning quick. How old is and Max? So, Max is uh, 18. He's over ambitious. You know, at 18, you think you can conquer the world. And so he's oh, going to yeah. get the, he's got the squirrel. He's got an old diapers box that the diapers came in. He's going to somehow get the squirrel. I'm like, Max, that's not going to work. Listen, I'm trying to tell him, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. He doesn't. The squirrel jumps out, lands on Max, scratches him all up. Oh, really? <laughs> and of course, he's, and everybody's screaming. I'm screaming. Max is screaming. The squirrel runs into the closet uh, where all of our board games are at. 
because we're in the middle of a remodel starting tomorrow. And so we're cleaning everything out. So he goes in this closet. Then we're like trying to get him out of there. And finally, Jack, he what, you, what you've got is some fine <laughs> eating that you didn't take advantage of. I thought about that. You know, uh, I did think about that because today because you can just eat your way out of a situation. <laughs> but how do you kill him in the house? You can't shoot him with a with a. I mean, what do you, you can't get shoot a little him with better weapon than you got? You had with with a broom <laughs> or whatever you said. You're yeah, actually you're actually describing the side of your family because we said it's a wonder when you think about here's. Jan, who is a female version of Phil, marrying yep. a guy who can't be any more polar opposite culturally, socially, uh, physically. And when you're having a fight with a with a flying squirrel, they're flying squirrels. <laughs> when you're having a problem with that, you, that's, that's... I think this is the Gordon side of <laughs> Zach <right>. coming <laughs> out. Because first of all, I want to say, what would you do, Well, let me tell you what I wouldn't do. There was no point in my life. The good thing about flying squirrels is they don't mess around much until it gets dark. In the dark, that's when they do all their scamping around, feeding. Yeah, we, we, you can hear nuts falling. You say, "What?" You would have turned on all the lights. Yeah, yeah it's just that's flying squirrel. That, that, they're everywhere. They're all that's over what they everywhere. do. That's what I'm saying. Just thinking that's about it. Sounded like yum, yum, yummy. They missed out on a good meal. <laughs> well, what the part of this story where I where I just my brain just like overloaded is when it's like. There's a critter in our house. Hey, Jill, I'm going to wake up our son. <laughs> what? And see what I needed he reinforcements. You got to have a squirrel, a flying squirrel would be about like this. They're He's right. Just... And they said there's some kind of demon coming in. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little. In the moment, it seemed. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, now well, we're into the Jan part of well, the family. Zach. Well, you woke up your son just so he could be assaulted. And not only that, you could have it in living color, a video of you waking up I noticed your son. The only one that was was wounded by it was the the baby. Bring him up, you know. You know Zach, <laughs> he's okay. His woman, she's on the phone. Yeah, looks pretty bad. You know, what's happening now? What is eating on his shoulder right now? <laughs> no, she was filming it, Phil. She wasn't she, talking about it. Hey, she was using her, her cell phone camera. Well, of course, Max is in his underwear, so I can't post it online. I want to show everybody so well, bad. That was my next question was, uh, is, that, is Max in his underwear? Because you said you'd brought him out of a dead uh, sleep. We've got two versions of it because because we lost him after the closet. He ran in the kitchen, and then I mean, I, I'm like, I don't know where he's at. The next day, we're cleaning out the kitchen, and I, I'm throwing away all this food, and a there's a box of um, Ritz crackers, and I and I was like, I'm gonna save these because I haven't. There's I've only opened one package of them, so I've got it's the it's the family size. So I've got five more unopened Ritz crackers in the box. I hand Max the box. I said, put that in the stack that goes to my sister's house. I said, put that in that box over there. And guess what came flying out of the box? The flying squirrel. The flying squirrel. The flying squirrel. And guess what you landed? You, should, you have a flying squirrel that has decided to make your living quarters his home. 
That, that's what's happened. So then so now, you pause the, the, the you pause the moment and contact reached out to Ritz and and said, "Do you want to be a sponsor? Because <laughs> everything loves your crackers, the flying squirrels, man." And he he had gotten made his home in the box of Ritz crackers, had eaten a hole in the package, so he was in there just eating. And What's the interesting squirrel. is that you, you come by and you're eating the same thing the squirrel is, and I don't know how much germs are running around, but I wouldn't eat after flying squirrels. <laughs> no, no, throw away. the crackers away, Zach. <laughs> the crackers down. We found what he's after. It's not us. Dad it's said, Dad said he will eat the flying squirrel, but he won't eat after the flying yeah, squirrel. I'll eat the correct. squirrel, but not after the squirrel. That, this, is, this is redneck philosophy, and I agree with Phil for the record. Hey. I'd rather so eat what, the squirrel. So what happened? So 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 did you get away again, or did you try? Well, yeah, and, well that's been my other son. Be, your family is being scratched and eaten by a flying <laughs> squirrel, and you say, "Let me get that on film." <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh, that's the woman, right? That's my wife. And uh, the second, yeah, we lost him again because we had him cornered, and I and this is this is my sixteen year old now, and I was like, "Mayor, listen to me. Don't like he's he's not going to move unless you move. Don't move." open that window and when what will happen is i said he'll, and i'm trying to tell him like open the window and he'll leave once you chase him around there he didn't open the window he tried to trap him in a box and these things are so agile i mean you i'm telling you they're quick and uh so he got away again and he went underneath the oven so that's where he's at last sighting so i've got some devices now to coax him out from under the oven and into a, a place that um will be his demise. We'll see what happens. Why don't you put some Ritz crackers in front of the oven? <laughs> well, I still got to have something to catch him. The Ritz, <laughs> the Ritz cracker, crackers will be involved. That's the enticing part. That, that's the enticement of it. But then I have to have something that will capture him. So I've got I've got some stuff. Plus, I, it's, plus, Chase, it's obvious that Zach doesn't want to give up his Ritz crackers. He enjoys them. They're, no, they're, they're done. I'm going to feel. I'm not going to eat after a squirrel. I mean, I mean, I, even the unopened packages, just the fact that he was in the box, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the – the Ritz crackers are in the garbage. But the squirrel, he he lives on. So, um, that's yeah, that's what's been happening. So that's why I was late because I had to go get that uh, contraption from Home Depot. So you missed a whole podcast about that. Genesis 9, what you described is Genesis 9. You know, after Noah and the ark, you've seen the movies. Yeah. I saw the cartoon mm -hmm. movie. Everybody was in harmony. And all of a sudden, after the floodwaters went down, God made an announcement. And he said, the fear and dread of you, he was speaking to Noah and his family. He said, the fear and dread of you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth, upon every creature that moves along the ground, upon the fish of the sea, uh, um, um, oh, the, uh, the birds of the air. So really, I don't know what category the flying squirrel would go, beast of the earth, birds of the air, or every creature that moves along the ground. That would be Somewhere it. in there. They never stir in the daytime. They always work at night when they're feeding, when they're doing what squirrels do. But but they, they are a night. It's it's a flying squirrel. He he's yeah. traveled by night. So to feel I never heard anybody getting so close as to eat my crackers. Yeah, me either. 
<laughs> well, and the next verse to Phil's point in, uh, in Genesis 9, 3, everything that lives and moves will be food for you. So there that's you where Phil got that. But, Zach, you're not fulfilling that verse because the fear and dread <laughs> is supposed to fall upon the animal. You have this backwards. One of the I, uh... top five reasons my wife married me is because she said, I know that if any critter ever tries to move in, that I am confident you will take care of that. Yep. And I you, have but done you that. Forget, but no. you do forget, Jace, you forget just a few podcasts ago. Uh, you had an you had an experience with I believe bat infestation or a bat or there was something going. So you you you've ran into this problem and you did not solve it overnight if I remember correctly. No, it took I, three I days. These, I, yeah, it okay, took three give days. Me, give me one more day if, if I can't remedy the problem. Then well, you guys have full that moves full right to my to, next text. There's a reason Jesus was buried for three days. That's pretty well <laughs> the time period <laughs> that's laid like out for day. us to get something done. I got so, one more. So, Jace, Jace, what I'm hearing you say is Zach needs to repent yep. and change his ways because he is not fulfilling what the Bible laid out for us to do. Correct. And well, he that needs was to my get deduction. After I heard about waking up the kid and <laughs> and putting him in harm's way, he gave the other kid a direct order of which he disobeyed. There's another issue there. He has no influence on his wife because she's recording the whole thing. Someone should have said, hey, your son's in his underwear. What, what are we filming this for? I just think there you need to take, you need to go to Joshua 24. For me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You need to step up. So the moral of the story is do not share anything with your, if you have a family like mine, just keep it to yourself. Don't, don't share these experiences. Right here. This turned into an intervention, oh, wow. is what this turned into. I think we wow. need a, a tutorial. Willie does a camp every year about how to go out into the woods and survive. <laughs> and I, nice. I recommend well, you need to go words, to that. Two words, you know. You know, I, I like them fried. <laughs> Nobody ever thought of a food source, but they had one right there. It's one of the greatest things you can eat. Yeah, he chewed up my kids, but I, I'd eat him. I'd catch it. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach, we're gonna give you. We're gonna find out on the next podcast if you got this. What's, turn a, what's break time, by the way? Don't we gotta take a break? I, we, we do. So let's yeah. take that break right let's now. Let's so. take a break. So uh, one of our sponsors, Liver Health Formula. Uh, tells us why we need to protect our liver. Uh, what's, what's your take on that, Jay? Well, I get it. You know, if I was a company that had a product that would help your liver, I would realize why you have to advertise. Because never in my life have I been walking or riding or sitting and thought, oh, my liver. You know, usually <laughs> it's my back, my shoulder, my elbow. <laughs> Yeah, so, so far I haven't had any liver problem. Well, you wouldn't know it unless you know <laughs> right. you take a look at it. That's why you have this product. Yeah, it's exactly right, Jay's. And uh, one of the things about it, how they've discovered that so many people do have issues with their liver, uh, is that the American Heart Association has indicated now from their studies that you're three and a half times more likely to have heart failure uh, if your liver's not healthy. They say that a hundred million Americans have fatty livers. So I think one of, uh, the, it, one of the problems is what you just said. You call it fatty, 
They, it's it's yes. it's eating too much grub and not doing enough exercise. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a lot of it. And the other thing is, you throw everything at the liver. I mean, cholesterol, alcohol, toxins. People take you know, like Tylenol, statin, cigarettes. All these things attack the liver, make it fatty, and it and it makes us gain even more weight and lose energy. That's right. So what what they've come up with is an all natural supplement. I take this product. It's helped me. Uh, contains 11 clinically proven botanicals. They help recharge and protect your liver. So if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, we want you to try Liver Health Formula. Receive a free bottle of blood sugar formula to reduce your sugar cravings when you order today. That's worth looking into. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com slash unashamed and claim your free bonus gift. That's getliverhelp.com slash unashamed. All right, welcome back. So <laughs> I think we got Zach lined out. We're going to find out by the next podcast. So we want to report on that later next week, Zach. All right. So we got a, we got a new segment, Jays. We, we teased it in the last uh, podcast. It's really kind of returned back. We never had an official uh, segment. We're going to start trying to do this uh, more, and we're calling it the unashamed mailbag because uh, can we do the, can we do a, um, a breaking news on that, Jace? Can you hit the breaking news button to alert that? Or actually, Al, this I'm going to take that as a sign. Okay. The fact that I'm not going to use the breaking news. Okay. Because this letter is about. What happens when breaking news or cricket moments happen? Mm. So it's so, about our buttons. So here's the letter. I oh, got say, where'd, the, where'd the letter come from? Did you get this? I, yeah, the fact, and this letter, I'll just say this. I'll skip to the end, and it says, I'm 11 years old, and I'm a boy. So, which I like that in our culture now, I guess yeah, you gotta identify, we feel like right. the need to say, you know, what gender we are. But this, so 11-year-old somehow found my address, which is a little disturbing. It came to my house in, in a yeah. little package. And, uh, and I'm just warning you, if you try to send something to my house, there's a 90% chance that I will not get it. <laughs> but I did get this. So I'm taking that as a sign. So I'll read you the letter. Dear Jace Robertson, I was just watching one of your latest Unashamed podcasts, and I actually immediately skipped down to the bottom and realized this is an 11-year-old boy who's listening, listening to our podcast, which actually Impressive. made me uh, have chill bumps on my arm. So I said, okay. And his name is Caleb, I hope I'm spelling, uh, pronouncing that right. K A L E V, Caleb. And so, it's it says in episode seven fifteen, and then he puts in parentheses, "That's a lot of podcasts." Because <laughs> where are we at today? Uh, we are eight uh, eight today, right now as I speak. He said, "When I noticed that you said you would like a cricket button to press." When one of you says something profound. So you got to remember, he's listening to 715. I guess at that stage in the podcast, we didn't have the cricket button. Or, we were just dreaming of it. Yeah, we were dreaming of it. So just to put that in context. And so he says, uh, 
I noticed in 715 you would like a cricket button to press when one of you says something profound or when you tell a joke and no one laughs. Now he has this. Good news! Exclamation <laughs> point. Mm-hmm. Along with this actual fan letter, I enclosed a cricket button included with many other sound effects as well mm. that you're always that you always have been wanting to have and feel free to use it in your next podcast, which I'm doing, Kayla. I'm introducing it now. But you don't have to because I can imagine that your house may be overflowing with cr- cricket buttons from all of your other <laughs> fans who had the same idea. <laughs> It says, I very enjoyed, I very enjoyed the Bible study with you, Phil, Al, and Zach. Also, I really enjoy all of yours and Phil's podcasts, and I hope you will make many more. Sincerely, wow. Caleb, an unashamed fan. I'm 11 years old. I'm a boy. And P.S., I would always appreciate it if you would write back. Yep. And he actually sent a drawing. He's he's an artist. See, Maddie, where should I put this where you can see it? Yeah. Yeah. See the One, drawing? he's highly intelligent. And two, there's still hope for the country there, son. What's his name? Caleb. Caleb. Caleb, there's still hope for the country, son. Stay out of trouble. So hmm. now, first of all, I would like to say how I feel about that after receiving this device. button one is an applause button that's good button two and he i'm just assuming he specified this for zach because after the story i heard this is where this will come into play rim shot rim shot (laughs) or you could have this one for zach after hearing the story you just heard Caleb's created a monster here. <laughs> and last but not least, the central theme of the letter from young Caleb. That's a better cricket. Ooh, that's noise, a better cricket. That's better yeah. than what we have now. That's an upgrade on the cricket upgrade. sound. And there's four different things we have there's, on there. So just think of what happened here. This kid from Markham, Texas went out and actually purchased that and put it in an envelope and sent it to the podcast. I love it. There's so still, I've got, there's still hope for the country. So we're going to add yeah. this to our soundboard, which now actually looks like all we need is the bottom, some kind of curve and we'll have a smiley face because we have the two <laughs> eyes. Somebody's going to send that to you next. Uh, and we have the nose. So that's funny, Jay. So, uh, so I've got uh, one more addition to our unashamed mailbag. Uh, we have uh, another young man. Uh, this ma- young man's name is Tate, and uh, somehow he-, he sent his by email. And so I got his email, and uh, he said, "Hello, my name is Tate. I'm in the sixth grade. I love to hunt and fish. That's uh, my two favorite things to do under Jesus." Is the way he put that. I like that. So he's saying Jesus number one. He said, uh, I've watched Duck Dynasty twice and loved every second of it. So I guess I don't know if he means the whole series or 
He only saw two episodes. He says, but I'm going to get to the point. It would be an honor for you and the whole crew to come to my 13th birthday party. <laughs> my, <laughs> my friends and families are all big fans. I would love for you to meet them. Uh, if you can't come, I completely understand. Thank you, Tate. They didn't uh, the come. Point. They didn't come to my wedding, Tate. So uh, don't. I'm, I'm just telling you. I mean, so here's and, what he says. He he gives us what's what's going to happen. He says the plan is for me and my buddies to go go karting, and then we're going to return to the house where we'll all have uh, games, food, and drinks, uh, and a big welcome for y'all if you wind up coming. So, I, this, I <laughs> so it's funny. He gives me his address. He's from Gaston, Alabama, not too oh, far that's from my where wife's, I'm at. Uh, that's my wife's stomping grounds. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She grew so, up and what I love about it, he's confident, but at the same time, he he doesn't tell us when it is. So, but but uh, tape, we're, we're probably not be able to make it. Uh, I don't know if you'll hear this or not, but you made the unashamed mailbag. Another thirteen-year-old. Uh, that is following along. So it's kind of exciting. Jason, I had that and didn't even know you had it. Young, I think young he man. deserves a round of. There you go. Got the applause. So since we're wanting to do this sort of on a regular basis now, uh, I want to give you uh, some some official way that you can uh, reach out to us uh, because it's kind of just coming here, there. And like Jay said, it rarely gets to us anyway. But so we have an official place. It's called official Phil Robertson at gmail.com. And so one of our crack staff, uh, probably my daughter, uh, would be checking that. So if you send things in, uh, you know, for the podcast, send it there. Also, if you're sending uh, snail mail, if you're sending letters like Jay said today, Probably the best thing to do is to send it to Duck Commander, which is 117 Kings Lane, West Monroe, Louisiana, 71292, and then put Attention Unashamed Podcast or Attention Unashamed. So that way our folks can get the letters and look through them. So we got a little bit more staff than we had back in the day, but there's still a lot more of you than there are of us. So we want you to be able to get your letters in, and we're going to, from time to time, read some of the Unashamed mailbag. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good first segment. I like it. I thought it was it pretty was. good too. It was good. Apparently, and, there. Apparently, we have a young audience. I, um, even Jason, on your show, I'm at church this morning, and a 12 year old boy comes up to me because Cole Prine came to our church this morning. Nicole and Elizabeth, which Cole has made appearances on Duck Family Treasure, and he's yes. sitting about seven rows behind me. And this little boy comes up to me after church. He goes, "Hey, hey." Is that Cole from Duck Family Treasure? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> Could I go talk to him? I said, yeah, go, t- go, go up there and say that to him. That'd be great. Did oh, he get a picture? Awesome. Did he get a picture with Cole? I, I think he got a picture that I, and I asked Cole about it. I said, yeah, you got recognized. He said, man, it's the funniest thing. I was at Bucky's yesterday or a couple of days ago in Tennessee, and somebody came up to me and said, hey, are you Cole from, from Duck Family Treasure? So apparently, uh, that's yeah. awesome. He's he's well. What's so funny around. about his character? Because back then he was running the board on the podcast. So with the podcast we do for Duck Family Treasure, Cole was there. Of course, we'd all leave and go hunt treasure, but Sai would stay at home base and do whatever came to his mind, which is part <laughs> of the show. You have to watch to figure it out. But he would run it by Cole, and so. People who saw Cole in it, they were they were like, "Well, how come he never talks?" And I said, "Because he's always in a scene with Cy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like That's true. everybody criticizes me for talking so much on this podcast. When I was on Cy's podcast, it was just it. Uh, I, uh, it. 
<laughs> the biggest criticism we get here is that we talk over each other and they think that that people say that's rude, but I, I mean, I don't even know how we could not do that. I mean, that's just, it's part hey, of the deal. You know what I mean? It's, it's, called, it's called being Robertson and Asher. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to, yeah. I've explained that before. Hang on. Let's, let's take another break. So for uh, 10 years, Patriot Mobile uh, is known as America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And they're one of our sponsors, Jay. So we're proud of that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, most of the companies that we have to visit or use their products, I don't want to know what they th- <laughs> what they think, because then I, I would find myself not using them anymore. But it's nice to every once in a while have a company who's doing something that we most of us need besides Phil. And one of their platforms is because they're like, your money's going to things that believers in Christ would like. Yeah. And we, and we like that. And you're right. Cause there's so many out there um, that you see now with all this woke stuff and all that, that just, man, we just, we hate to send the money. Uh, Patriot mobile, uh, they offer dependable nationwide coverage. So you're going to get, the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to. You just don't have to fund, you know, these ideologies that you don't support. Patriot Mobile, uh, they support free speech, religious liberty, sanctity of life, Second Amendment. Uh, they're big supporters of our military and veterans and first responders. We obviously love that. Uh, they have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that's going to make your switching very easy. You get to keep your number, you get to keep your phone, or you can upgrade. So their team is going to help you find the best plan that fits your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash fill, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation when you use the offer code fill. So join us, make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash fill, patriotmobile.com slash fill, or call 972-PATRIOT. I've explained before, that's how we've always had to be heard in our family is you just got to get a little louder uh, or you got to jump in when you can. So we, we, we're not offending each other on a shame nation. So don't don't worry about us. We're good. I look at it and say, I've, actually, I think this podcast is we we're we've, we're never this polite. I always feel I'm like, well, talk over each other. You should see us. Like, this, oh, yeah. is, this is us on our best behavior and being cordial to each other. Yeah, no, Missy always does a PSA. Like we had uh, those two families last night that I shared about on the last podcast. And uh, we baptized Ty from Florida, which was awesome. But she had a PSA about halfway through the dinner. And she was like, look, my husband's going to interrupt you a lot. But that's just how we are. And I was like, thanks for saying that, babe. But she, I guess I was doing that. You know, everybody was talking. <laughs> just to set like, the expectation yeah, yeah i get it That's so, way so i will it. say before we get to our text because i think this episode uh maddie and if i'm wrong you can let me know releases on the 19th of january so on the 25th and 26th which will be a week from when you're hearing this lisa and i are going to be in harlan iowa uh doing a uh doing a marriage thing well actually we're just kind of doing an inspirational thing uh, for a church up there in Harlan, Iowa. So if you're in that area, I did peak though, Jays, and cause they were trying to pick out a weekend in January to do this event. And so we picked out that last weekend, which fit, uh, Lisa and I the best. 
And I'm just praising the Lord every day that we didn't pick this weekend because I looked at I looked it up and they're under they're minus temps for four straight days in Harlan, Iowa. And the worst one I saw was negative thirty. So um God bless you people up there in that part of the world. But our old friend uh, Chris Danielson, he and M were doing it for them. So we're excited about it. Ooh. So y'all ready to get to Luke? Yeah. So we got Zach back, which we're excited about that. We we were going to do Luke on the last podcast. And once we started just telling stories about all the great things that happened today in this last weekend, that wound up kind of being our podcast. But really, it became our theme, right, Jace? I mean, it was kingdom living in the moment, which I think is a pretty cool concept. Yeah, or kingdom about. action. I mean, I thought about yeah, kingdom action. I thought good. about two verses that we didn't bring up because we're right here in this moment where Judas agrees to betray, betray Jesus, and, and Jesus, you know, calls one of them out at the Last Supper, which was a you know fulfillment of the Passover, and which would be him being the Lamb for the world, the sins of the world, and he also calls out Peter that he was going to deny him three times. And we both know how they responded to, you know, what they did to Jesus. I mean, Judas wound up in a field and, and you know, dead with a, even the Bible in Acts 1 is very graphic about what, what happened to him. And Peter, you know, has this discussion with Jesus and John, is that 21? John 21, where Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? I think you read that two podcasts ago, Phil. Mm -hmm. But I thought about Peter in this. So here's fast forward. You know, Peter writes a letter and, you know, twice in there, he basically described what our podcast was about. And if I can remember off the top of my head, First uh, Peter 1, 13, he's, this is, Peter, writing this to God's elect, he says, prepare your minds for action. And then 1 Peter 3.15, which is one of the first verses I memorized as a young Christian, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So, you know, it, it comes from this theme of what we're saying that Jesus saves us from a ton of things, ourselves, sin, the evil powers that are out there, death itself, hell. But he also saves us to something. And it's this action, it's kingdom action of living like Jesus in this world via the Holy Spirit as members of his church and his kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the reason we, we do Bible study on here is to inspire you just like we've been inspired to live this out. So that's the whole idea. And that's why, we, you know, we sprinkle in the stories of what's going on, even the funny stuff like Zach was doing earlier about the flying squirrel. I mean, like, it's living life every day. It's unexpected things that happen, but you have this core base when you study the word of God that then you're ready for it. Uh, most people don't do anything because they don't feel like they're ready. And look, when you know Jesus and then you can start getting to know his word a little bit better, you're ready. You're ready for action. Yeah. Uh, and 
I think we we tell these stories that maybe seem like mundane, everyday stuff. But I mean, I think it comes from the the perspective that we have on Scripture, particularly the Gospels, or or it's not just about you know the incarnation of Christ and then the death and the resurrection. There's a Jesus lived a life. I mean, he lived an entire life, thirty three years, and there's a whole lot of stuff in here. And you, we we, we talked about this. Um, that church, you know, Mark chapter one, he, when he talks about when it says Jesus was was explaining the gospel, when when it tells what, what that explanation was, he says it, it was the, that the kingdom is is here, the kingdom is in your midst, the kingdom is is at hand. I think this is the term used, and so all of these seemingly mundane stories or things, this it, there is no secular sacred divide in the kingdom. It's all God's, it's all His, and so we don't really draw that distinction. And I think that's what. When, that's why we, when we interpret Luke, for example, we keep coming back to the concept of kingdom in all of the Gospels because it's just in there. And I love, Jace, what you said about that uh, passage in Peter, that it's, it, it is action. You know, James says that faith without works isn't faith. That's, not, that, that's, that's dead. Faith without works isn't faith. So there is a, this, what we're talking about is what does the kingdom look like? What's the action that we live and take and, and do and breathe in the the, the way of life that we're participating in. And when we, to the degree that we can see that and participate in the kingdom life is the degree that which we can experience God's goodness and and the life that he offers us. And, you know, consequently, um, in the passage we've been in, that's not the path that Judas chose. He did the opposite of it. And we talked about it on a few podcasts ago, what that, what that ultimately looked like, which was death, isolation, and his guts being spilled out in the field somewhere. That's the opposite of what God wants for us and what God yeah. promises us through life in Him. So we're so we're in Luke twenty-two, uh, as as has been mentioned, and we talked about Judas. And the last a couple of podcasts ago, we read the first twenty-three verses. Well, we from seven to twenty-three, which was Jesus implementing this kind of new idea to the Passover because this was a Passover feast, which, you know, there's, there's a whole big thing about bitter herbs and things they eat, the way they eat it, unleavened bread, uh, different cups that are blessed. And so you can study it in the old Testament, but we made the link back to Exodus 11 and 12, which was the very first Passover meal. And literally in that case, it was so that the angel of death would pass over um, Israel inside Egypt so that the firstborn of all their families and their animals wouldn't die in one night. So it was a terrible, terrible thing. But even then it was giving you a little bit of a shadow, a foreshadowing of what this was all about. Cause this is Jesus on a terrible night that he's going to sacrifice himself as the Passover lamb. And so he's having this last Passover meal with his disciples. And as he does that, he mentions about the kingdom. And he mentions now that the body, which would have been a lamb back in those days, you know, a, a little lamb that hadn't done anything to anybody, but was sacrificed. Now his body is the body being sacrificed and the blood that was smeared on the doorpost. Now it's his blood and it's the blood from the cross that he's going to endure the next day as, as we're getting into this text. So that's kind of to catch you up on the background of what this yeah. section is that we're talking about. And one thing we didn't do when we talked about Judas, uh, Judas's betrayal in John's account in John 13, which, which he highlights that in that same meal, 
that Jesus washed the feet of all the disciples. And getting back to the, where we started a while ago about this kingdom action, because he was presenting a principle that we would become via the Holy Spirit, where we're not here to take over worlds via the sword or weaponries or bring in the tanks and let's do something about this. We're going to do it through serving and loving one another. And what I found fascinating now that I didn't notice when we went through John is that in John's account, in John 13, it says that Satan entered Judas. It was right after he took the bread. In, in verse John, in uh, John 13, 28, Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the bowl, speaking of the one who would betray then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. What you yeah. are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. And I've often said before, every time I said, uh, even in Duck Dynasty, just as a as a joke, which is probably a bad joke, but when I said you don't know when you don't know what you're doing, do it quickly because you're doing yeah. everybody a favor. But I actually got that joke from this passage. I mean, he, yeah. he basically said, you don't, you don't realize what you're doing. And in John's account, you even go back to another point about the Passover, because when John the Baptist saw Jesus back in John chapter 2, you remember what he said? Because at this Passover meal before his death, he took the bread and he broke it. And it's very scary that Judas, in that moment that the evil one entered him, because Jesus did that in that that would become symbolic for every person who puts their faith in Jesus to remember that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes the sins of the world, which is what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus approaching. That's yeah, I think in, it's John uh, one twenty nine, isn't it? Oh, I said chapter 2, yeah. John yeah. one twenty nine. the next day John saw... Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. So what's amazing to me is John the Baptist gave you a preview of what would happen at the Passover feast before Jesus's death, that he came to fulfill that. And uh, so it's just incredible that all of this does go back to Old Testament history and the Jewish nation and the rituals that they did. And in between these podcasts, I did this in the overtime. Zach sent a text, and I read this in the overtime of the last passage. But in 1 Kings 9, and Zach, you can comment since this was your idea and you found this. But even that section of Scripture where it was foretold that the Jewish nation would abandon God, and because of that, the temple would be destroyed. He even links that back to what happened when in Egypt, when they were liberated, you know, God set them free yeah. from Egypt, which is where the whole idea of the Passover came on the 10th plague of the killing of the firstborn, whoever would put the blood on the doorpost. And I wanted to read that because it not only ties in to this kingdom action of service, and Judas betraying Jesus as it was prophesied in scripture, but also all these prophecies that Jesus was saying that would happen to the, the second temple 
of Jerusalem in AD 70. So this is 1 Kings 9, 6. It says, but if you or your sons turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will become a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. And though this temple is now imposing, all who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer because they have forsaken the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of Egypt. There's that liberation. And have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. And I was just making the point that here's Judas this close to Jesus. And he did not accept the liberation that Jesus offered. The freedom Mm. from all of what he is facing, just like every other human. Sin, death, consequences, his self. And he chose to remain under the evil one's captivity. And look what happened. That's the story, really, of of humanity. But, I mean, we you see it in the Old Testament. When I, when I sent that to you out of 1 Kings 9, the, that's, that's coming out of 1 Kings 6, where... Um, God instructs Solomon to build the temple and he tells him to do it so that I may join my people. And then in first Kings eight, there's this prayer that Solomon prays. And it's like all these things that like, kind of like it's the prayer. If you read it, it's like an establishment of the purpose of the temple. And then, and then God's response in in chapter nine is, I mean, the best way to describe it, if you read it is it's the entire prophecy of Isaiah in like about one or two paragraphs. I mean, everything that you see in Isaiah that came true, which is another prophetic book, but what ha- it's, the, it's the history of the Babylonians coming in. It, I mean, Solomon himself, who was obviously had a heart for God that he would build this temple for him. And you read all this, this beautiful lit- literature that he wrote in, in the scriptures. But at the end of his life, he, he turned away from God and, turned to foreign gods and did the one thing God said not do. And it's like, that's what we do over and over again. It's what Judas said. He was with God, but yet he missed the whole thing. And, you know, when I, when you were reading that of uh, uh, this about Jesus at the Passover and we, we do emphasize the lamb a lot in the blood because that, that cup represents the blood. It's what we do on Sunday morning in our church. We, we take communion and we drink the blood and we drink the, the fruit of the vine that represents the blood that was shed for our sins. But, but we don't just do we don't just take the blood. We also eat the bread. And the, the, the you know Jesus dipped the bread in. And when you read that, I was thinking of John um, six because yeah. he also embodies the bread as well. And in John six, um, he says that this is the bread that he is the bread of life. And he says that um, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert. That was the the bread falling from the sky, but they all died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And this is the part I want to hit because it goes to the core what Jace is just talking about. This is the bread of my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Mm-hmm. And that phrase right there, 
man, there's a whole theology tied around that, that for the life of the world, what did Jesus die for? Did he simply die so that I could be saved from my sin? Well, he did die for that, but that's not the only thing. He didn't just die so that you could be freed from sin. He died for the life of the world so that we may live with him, that we may be participating in the kingdom, not far off. Not It's not something we are waiting on the kingdom. We said over and over again, but this is something that's happening now. It matters to my, my daily life right here and right now. It's kingdom living. I, I didn't listen to the last episode, but but I can assume what you guys talked about, and it's everything that that embodied. And that's real hope because I'm not sitting here grinding out my life here. We get to participate in this now. It's what Judas missed. And and by, by missing Jesus, he missed the life that he had for him right then. And instead, what he ended up doing was he ended up uh, worshiping very temporal things. In, in his case, it was a few pieces of silver, which in the end, he never got to enjoy anyways. He didn't even enjoy it in the end. And that's mm-hmm. that's the lie of the devil that, that that you think you're going to enjoy this, but you're not. But to live with God, you do. I mean, you you do experience His goodness. And you know, Zach, I think you're so right. And and the utter um, hopelessness that winds up in Judas. I've heard you talk about this before when you wrote Torchbearer the movie. When you put your hope in anything beyond God and beyond what He did in Jesus it almost always ends in this hopeless despair place. And I've heard you say it before that all the the great supposedly thinkers who were atheists who had no God usually kill themselves or usually had very little enjoyment in their life. And supposedly they were super smart people. And so I think about that in this case. I mean, when you walk away from the one thing that brings life, which is the bread of life and, and, and gives you that ability to make, get past mistakes, which is the forgiveness of an atonement in his blood. I mean, when you think about not having that, what a miserable existence on yeah. this earth. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what, I, what I've said in the past, I mean, you, you, maybe not all the atheists that have committed suicide, but one of the things Schaefer said a lot is that the logical conclusion of a life without God is this. And so he went through a lot of the existential philosophers and showed that when they followed their worldview out to the end, uh, it typically ended in some type of absurdity. And, and, but, but the truth is, is that no one can live like God's not there. No one can, no one can ultimately live like that. You just can't like, if you, you have to, to, to exist, you have to, you have to live your life. Like it matters. You have to live your life in such a way that says there's value to humanity. But when you do that, you're actually borrowing from the God's realm. You're reaching up on the uh, uh, in God's story, and you're trying to bring down stuff and, and apply it into a naturalistic framework, which which doesn't really work in the end, because in a naturalistic worldview, all that exists is matter. That's all that yeah. exists. And if all right. that exists is matter, then we don't matter. But Christ came. This is what I love about this, though, because Christ, when he's talking about um, the 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 Last Supper, which you know, or the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. Or how, I don't know what your church calls it. If you're listening, but when we're participating in that, which is kind of like our new version of the Passover meal, I mean, this what we're saying here is that is that Christ became flesh, like Christ takes on a body. Christ becomes like God becomes physical. God enters in to the natural world. It's not naturalism because it, we're not saying that all that exists is, is nature. But what we are saying is that nature does exist. The physical realm exists and God mm-hmm. became physical. And what that means is, is that he became present. He became available. He uh, became touchable. He became imminent. He, he put himself in a position 
where we could actually touch him and not just touch him. I mean, you know the story, what's going to happen here. I mean, spoiler alert, Jesus gets brutally killed in the end. Yeah. Um, but God vindicates his death by, by not raising him up into a spirit that floats around into the ether somewhere. No, we're talking what what what's coming up soon is a bodily resurrection of Jesus, yeah. which is a precursor of our own bodily resurrection. And I think that's important because what the gospels do is they paint this picture and they tell this story of how heaven and earth meet, have, the spiritual and the physical world meet in the person of Jesus. And in, mm-hmm. and that's the only way we can explain our existence in exactly. our context. It's and great. it led to him having meals post-resurrection on four different occasions with people. I mean, just think yeah. about that. So yeah, I wanted to read powerful. this before we go to the overtime and we can talk about this, you know, where we're at. Because when he, in verse 13 of 22, when he says they left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer, which indicating his death. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. But he made this meal representing who he was and and his body being broken, as Zach uh, eloquently discerned, and drinking the the cup, which represented his blood. But he tied that in with the kingdom being fulfilled. Yeah, which, it, which is what we do, which is a little confusing to people because they're like, well, what exactly does that mean? But here's here's a person being resurrected, claiming to be where heaven and earth meet, having meals with people, giving you a glimpse of what eternity is like and having imperishable bodies are like. It's where heaven and earth meet together as people living. Forever. And they really did. They really did meet in Jesus' resurrected body, which is powerful. So we'll, we'll uh, flesh well, let that me, out. Let me, let me just point out one last thing before you go there. What you don't see in in that meal is a flying squirrel. So, <laughs> <laughs> Way to tie it all together. You so don't see a lamb either because he was representing the lamb. <laughs> all right. So we'll, we're going to go to overtime if you want to follow us over there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Unashamed Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.